I've just written a piece uh, that's got onto the Sydney University website. I'm talking about a common image where we use to symbolise the transport function of our cities. But I think it misrepresents what is really happening. Now, it's buried in popular use, but if we challenge it, we might broaden the solutions we're considering and get real transport problems solved. It's to do with the metaphor. We talk about the CBD as the heart of the city. Major transport corridors are called arteries, arterial roads. Uh, now, in the body, the heart is the centre of all activity. Blood flows every bit of it to and from the heart. Now, the public debate we have about transport reflects this. A large amount of the discussion is about getting to and from the CBD, the heart of the city. Uh, so... Um, I think that metaphor is wrong and I've got another metaphor to talk about it. But our image is important. What might this mean? Who better to talk to this than our good friend from practicalmotoring.com.au, Paul Morell, who joins us on the line now. Paul, forgive my rather long introduction, but there we are. Quite all right, David. Quite all right. The images are important, aren't they, for what we think uh, and how we, if we use a metaphor, it might help us understand, but it also might oversimplify it's very true. Metaphors do help us understand what's going on, but by definition, they are they're metaphors. They're not accurate in their in their description of what we're talking about. And I think mm. your example of the human body is a perfect example. Um, mm. Traffic is not like a blood flow, um, and cities are not like a human body. But it does make it simpler to understand. The the other issue about blood is we tend to think of it all being the same, whereas the transport task has is not just journey to work. In fact, some research suggests that 60% of the peak hour traffic, peak period traffic, is not journey to work. It's a whole pile of other things. Journey to school, journey for work, which is a little different, um, journey to shops and, and a whole range of things. So, um, you know, just to think of it all of the same, all going to the heart, is really quite wrong. This probably came, David, from, from the early days of transport when, when a lot more traffic did go in and out of the city. Uh, and now that's caused its own problems in the sense of if you don't want to go into the city, quite often we find we have to go through the city to get to where we want or take a rather large looping detour around the city, um, mm. neither of which is ideal. Yeah, that looping around is a good point. In Sydney, uh, cross-regional buses have been booming in, in patronage. Once they put things not uh, doing an, uh, an arterial in and out, another metaphor, of course, is the hub of the city, mm -hmm. where all the spokes on the wheel go to the hub. But rather doing the bit around the edge, like the wheel itself, uh, a lot of people want to do that, need to do that, and uh, want transport systems to serve that. There are some very strange things happen. I mean, we're talking psychology and we're talking the human mind, so we know strange things happen. I did a, a study a number of years ago now for a major retailer and they were looking at where they wanted to site their major stores and when we did traffic studies for that what we found was that people tend to even if they're not going into town still go towards town in other words if yes. you had a if you had a store let's just say for the sake of argument eight kilometers away from town in the opposite direction from town and a store eight kilometers towards town people for some reason would go towards town uh, quite, a, quite a surprising sort of needless thing. People just tend to, tr to travel towards a, a sit well, as you say, a hub. Um, the other thing we found was that people, even when they're driving, people are affected by, by natural barriers. Um, 
Now, we all know that if you're driving on a road and there's a, you cross a river, you'll be on a bridge. So it's quite, it doesn't make any difference at all. But psychologically, there's a barrier and people tend not to cross those barriers. So uh, rivers, um, railway lines, anything that was a, seen as a natural barrier tended to, tended to sort of disrupt the way people were going to travel. Yeah, there is certainly an inbound and outbound. It's certainly not all going to the CBD, but it does happen. I love that point you make, because what we haven't made use of in our transport system is the capacity we have in the off-peak direction. So if, if I worked in the inner city, I could get plenty of train seats, bus seats or whatever to go out to an area to go to a job if, it's, if, if the public transport serves my need and, and and it's a huge wasted capacity of course it is it's like we had when when the, for example the sydney olympics were on all the planes coming into sydney were packed with people and all the planes going out of sydney were virtually empty we have exactly the same situation with public transport on a day-to-day -day basis mm. let, let, let me say that i do have a metaphor that i try to use that i think tries to make the point it's not that it's like blood in the arteries um, to the heart. It's a bit more like fish in the ocean going all over the place. Although there are reefs that attract a concentration of fish, um, but of course they're all also fish of all different sizes and some fish going in one direction are being passed by fish going in the other direction. It opens the idea that the city is this um, interaction of a whole pile of different people doing different things for different reasons going in all directions. Yes, it does. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, it's interesting that um, Australian cities tend to, to have this hub concept of, you know, as you say, spokes. So people tend to come in towards the city, even, as I said, even if they don't need to go there for whatever they're doing. Um, probably the only city in the world that obviously and clearly breaks that pattern is Los Angeles, where they have a far greater a far greater cross-town traffic thing, which causes its own problems, by the way, um, mm. because people are moving, as you say, like fish-like, they're moving from, from one side of town to the other, and then, well, Los Angeles doesn't have a centre as such, so it has a different traffic situation, but then the local traffic authorities have to put different systems into place to make that work. Yeah, yeah, and, and in fact... If we understand that, even in Los Angeles case, but even in a lot of uh, Australian cities, it's that need for tra uh, the transport that goes to a lot of different origins, to a lot of different destinations, that pushes you towards, not totally, but certainly makes you need to consider, I think more strongly than we do, the buses that we have running through our suburbs. Even if you go to something like uh, the Gold Coast, which has now got a tram line running north-south along the coast. Wonderful stuff, but if, as soon as you go over the west of that, talking to local people about this, the transport system is just non-existent. And there's this, this need for this fish swimming through the ocean sort of thing of at least trying to do a regular system. And the reason why buses are quite good at it is that, of course, it's not as expensive to set up the system. No. To try and set a railway system or, or even a light rail system to do all of that is extremely expensive. It is, and in many ways not as efficient. I mean, buses are more flexible in that sense. I mean, mm. You can take a bus 
off a road, you can point it in a different direction. You can, I mean, look at Sydney. Buses go through suburban streets that in other cities you wouldn't even imagine uh, public transport mm. is being is, is utilising. Uh, it's a fact of life that that's the roads went there before before the city got as large as it is. So now we have to work around it. And uh, as mm. I said, you have buses driving through suburbs like Camaray and Mossman and and Elizabeth Bay. I mean, little tiny twisting, curving streets that should never be carrying that sort of traffic. No, but uh, nonetheless, in order to try and serve them, uh, we, we get this notion that one big railway line will solve all our problems. It might be part of it, but gee, it's not all all part of it. There's a, as I say, there's a lot of different trips going down. I did an interview a little while ago on uh, ABC Radio where the self-confessed uh, science geek Adam Spencer. Um, but just before I did the main subject, said to me, oh, before you talk about that, I've just seen a survey that said 65% of people in Sydney, this was, uh, supported the idea of a congestion charge around the city centre. And he was surprised that it was so high. He thought a lot of drivers would, would oppose that. Well, my argument was that is probably most people thinking it's a tax on other people yep. because they don't do it. Yep, we all love you know? taxes on other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's... And of course, because that whole image, you were talking about shopping. You know, we, we've now moved, you know, Roseland started in Sydney as the first big centre in 1965. They've now proliferated all over the place. They are the modern cathedrals of the the. the urban world mm. where people go to to share and interact and do a whole range of things i mean that's that that whole different focus from just the very center is something that obviously you were working on with, with shopping center providers yeah it was an interesting it was an interesting exercise i mean we could have we could have saved ourselves a lot of hard work simply by suggesting they put their big retail centers in wherever there was a mcdonald's because mcdonald's had done exactly the same research and found exactly the same locations as it happens. But uh, yes, it, I mean, those major shopping centres now, are, are, they've created their own problems as well, uh, to the extent where they've, they've obviously appealed to people who want to drive and do their shopping. And let's face it, carrying home, you know, your week's shopping on a bus can be very inconvenient. So they appeal to people who just want to drive in. And as Sydney has, or Sydney and other cities have spread, that made very good sense. Now what's happened is, of course, the number of cars going into those shopping centres is causing its own problems. Uh, and they're trying to dissuade people from driving into the shopping centres by charging for parking and, and whatever. And, you know, it's changing. The simple fact is that as our cities get to these fairly large sizes, um, the plans that are being made have to take all this into account. And quite often they don't. No, I, I spoke to a planner who worked in a very uh, area, uh, outer suburbs of uh, Sydney, and uh, he said all the politicians who live in the inner suburbs tend to think that the people out there, their sole desire in life was to move into inner city. It wasn't. No. It was to go to the upmarket area in their local district. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the notion of uh, simplicity, of, you know, painting everyone with a similar brush was just, to use another metaphor, <laughs> is just uh, wrong. Yeah, okay. Those metaphors are great, aren't they? Mm, I, I love them. I, I, I know uh, David Astle read uh, my article. David is a wordsmith uh, who writes for Fairfax Press. Yeah. 
uh, Fairfax Media, uh, and he uh, also does some very hard cryptic crosswords. He's that sort of guy. Mm. But he, he wrote back to me and said that, yeah, uh, he loved the article and said, um, I was just reading The Age the other day, which said uh, Punt Road, the lifeline in Melbourne's palm. <laughs> and uh, just again, how we use images and how it can affect our debate. Um, you know, if we all think everyone's in the inner city area, then all you've got to do is uh, have trains going in and out of there, which, of course, that's just not the total answer. It's hugely oversimplistic. And, yeah. and it's a changing usage pattern as well, as you, as you identified. I mean, it just yeah. is not the same as it was. I mean, we'd... I think the percentage of people now who work in the city has been reduced. Uh, we have, we have, although we've been talking about decentralisation for a long time, we haven't achieved it. But to some extent, it's happened almost, almost autonomously. It's, it's just happened of its own accord. Um, mm. These things all need to be considered. And you know, things like, as you say, Punt Road. I mean, when I lived in Melbourne, it always seemed like wherever we went, we went down Burke Road. Mm. It didn't seem to matter where we were going; we seemed to travel down Burke Road. Um, <laughs> that has now all changed because of the, the freeway system that sort of you pop onto a freeway mm. and then you pop back out somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. Look, there's a whole issue there about uh, uh, not building freeways just for capacity, but actually building them to take traffic out of local centres, uh, you know, bypass routes and yeah. so on. Uh, you know, I, I think that, again, is very important. But again, we get caught up in fundamentalism that says, a train is always better than a tram, which is always better than a bus, yeah. and it's just not that simple. Oh, we do, and as for freeways, I mean, the, all all that seems to happen with freeways, and we've we've seen this over and over again, is it just moves the traffic jam to somewhere else. I mean, ultimately, mm. traffic is going to bank up somewhere. Um, mm. You know, you get from one traffic jam to the other quicker. <laughs> it can take traffic out of a sit a sit center of a city, and I and it might still get congested. I don't care. You know, I'm not building the road in, in Sydney they have, we have a, a state minister who says it's a congestion buster well that's not true no. it's not going to bust congestion but it's a, it's a it good might make it slow a bit better but yeah but uh, still we uh, we battle on uh, the <laughs> Sydney University Institute of Transport and Logistics is the website where we have uh, the story on metaphors Paul, uh, thank you very much uh, for taking a, perhaps a, an unusual subject, but uh, certainly one I appreciate your broad experience and thinking. Thank you, David. That's uh, Paul Morell from practicalmotoring.com.au.